Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Preach. Welcome back to another mini episode. It's a mini. Well, we'll try and keep it mini. We'll try. We're gonna, we're gonna go for it. I actually only have notes on one thing, but there's another thing I want to talk about. Um, I'm sure, I have a feeling I know what you're gonna talk about. Can I guess? Yes. Are you talking about the Mueller report? The Mueller report, yes. Uh, sadly, Sorry, guys, I have had a lot of drinks already tonight. It's not <laughs> at all what I want to be talking about. Uh, yeah. But I feel like we have to bring it up. I mm-hmm. almost don't really want to bring it up because... That's kind of how I felt, too. Because the issue with it is... So, the Attorney General, William Barr, released his summary of the Mueller report. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Mueller has closed his investigation onto whether or not Donald Trump and his campaign, or rather, Donald Trump colluded with Russia. That's what I was going to say, because I feel like that's kind of the the key to it all. Donald Trump is an idiot. We know that. I don't believe that Donald Trump himself is, like, some sort of mastermind. Right. I believe it's more of, like, his campaign and, like, the people around but him. But I think that people... Well, which we've already seen, because out of this out of this investigation, that's how Michael Cohen got caught. That's how Paul Manafort got caught. So yeah. people have already kind of gone down for it. But um, I think a, a big part of it is, you know, that, like, P-tape that everyone's been talking about is, like, Russia had something on yeah. Donald Trump that he had, like up with prostitutes and there was this tape and <laughs> Max, Max the other night he made some sort of um, joke about like not a joke but he made some sort of comment about like people who like to be peed on mm-hmm. during sex and he said something about Donald Trump and like I had never heard that for some you reason. hadn't heard that I don't know why that I was, was like a big thing that people were like we're I mean I wasn't this. surprised yeah but he was like yeah Donald Trump likes to be pissed on and I was like I could see it so there was this whole idea that Russia had something to kind of blackmail Trump with, and so mm-hmm. he colluded with them and was essentially working as, like, an agent for them, which, if you look at his behavior, makes sense because um, he has done a lot to kind of, like, protect Russia, Russia, which is confusing. Well, but I think he just, like, wants to be on their good side. I just think he likes Vladimir Putin a lot. Yeah. And from a business, this is why we don't have fucking presidents who have businesses like this. This is why Jimmy Carter had to give up his, like, farm or whatever. Yeah. Is because... Which is ludicrous why we didn't make the Trump family do that. Um, It really is. Because he wants to be bedfellows with Russia because he had these enormous deals, right? Overseas for his hotels and things like that. Yeah. So people kind of believed that he could have colluded with Russia. Mm -hmm. And so Mueller concluded his investigation. We have not seen the full report, and this is kind of why I didn't want to talk about it, but I feel like it needs to be addressed, because we haven't seen the full report. What we've seen is the Attorney General Barr's um, four-page summary of the report. Yeah. One, this is a person, this Attorney General was appointed by Trump. Yeah. Two, he has said in the past that he, which is part of why he was appointed, that he um, doesn't believe in prosecuting a, a sitting president. Yeah. So 
you have these kind of factors that you need to look into, but he did say, and people are running with, and I think it's probably true, that Trump did not collude with Russia. Right. Now, (laughs) the thing about that is, if you listen to Donald Trump talk, he has literally said, you know, I've said this whole time, there was no collusion, which is like, okay, fair enough. But then he'll Mm -hmm. go on to say, no obstruction, I've been completely exonerated, and that's not true. Mm -mm. We don't know. If there was obstruction, because it points to the fact that, bare minimum, he did obstruct justice. Right. Also, it's been actually said, even by the attorney general himself, he he said that while the report does not conclude the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. So... Well, this this is my question to you, and this was a really interesting discussion that I had the other night. Believe it or not, I was in a bubble bath trying to drink some wine. My boyfriend was a little drunk. And when my boyfriend is drunk, which you haven't been around yet, Keegan, he gets real chatty. Sure, sure. So I'm like... Don't we all? I'm having some me time. No, I get really... If I'm tired and drunk especially, I get really quiet. So I was kind of at that point where I'm just like, I just want to sit in a bubble bath with my book and just, like, not talk. And he's, like, standing over the bathtub talking to me about the Mueller report. And he brought up a really interesting topic that I wanted to bring up to you about uh, the left and the right media. You know, the right is very much taking it one way and the left is very much taking it another way where sometimes I feel like we have a hard time, you and I being on the left, accepting when things don't go our way. Well, I think that's everybody. I think everybody feels that way. I think a lot of people were hanging their hats, which I've said all along on this podcast and in life that we should not have been hanging our hats on this report. Exactly. Um, That wasn't something that... There's so much wrong with the Republican Party and the things that they are doing and have done, including... I believe, obstruction of justice. Exactly. uh, That we shouldn't have been hanging our hats on this. Exactly. But I think that it brings up an interesting outlook of something that you and I talk about a lot, which is the left versus the right, instead of trying to find some sort of common ground. Where I feel like the Mueller report, and since the... um, reports have come back, it is still, it's enhancing that division rather than seeing some sort of commonalities where we can agree on certain things um, and disagree on other things, where I feel like this administration especially has been one that has pushed us further and further apart from our fellow countrymen and has made us not united, but very, very divided. And I feel like the Mueller report has also created such a media divide between the two sides. You know, you're watching Fox News or you're watching, um, what is it, CSNBC? MSNBC or CNN. MSNBC, Mm -hmm. where you're getting two different things where sometimes, like, which I totally agree you know what i mean like i i believe that those who uh believe the things that you and i do should be able to express it and like the far left things like that but i feel like for me it's also really hard when there's people who on the left and the right won't admit when there are commonalities that you can agree upon well i think that a big problem is and they talk about this on the daily zeitgeist a lot uh and it's something that i hadn't really thought about that much but i think is true is that we do talk about the left being so far left and the right being so far right. right. But actually, like, when you look at it, the right is very, very far right, and it's the left that is consistently making concessions. And so everything is kind of being kind of 
So it's really like far right and kind of just left of center uh-huh. rather than being far, far right and far, far left. But um, I think which that... is a problem because it's like you can be like, well, both, I mean, not you as in you, but yeah, like people can be like, well, both sides. And it's like, okay, but when there's Nazis on one side, no, <laughs> you agreed. know, and I, don't, and I don't believe that we should be. Um, agreeing with that side necessarily but i i guess i'm maybe i'm naive and yearning for a better time where i wish that republicans could be republicans and not necessarily nazis or you know things like that where where we feel more united and i feel like and i'm not saying that, that either side is wrong in this situation i think that for me i'm just seeing a further and further division as things go on that's going to be harder and harder to repair yeah well i don't know that um necessarily I how am I gonna put this I don't know that it will be repaired fully and I I don't honestly I don't know if it should be yeah I'm not saying it I'm not saying it as a way where I think that it necessarily should be different than it is because I think that if anything this administration has brought out the worst in a lot of people which we needed to see well yeah, here's the thing. And also, I haven't listened to it yet, but Robert Evans, who's the host of Behind the Bastards, is putting out... He's incredibly smart. Very, very smart. And he is putting out a new podcast, which is basically talking about how it's a very real possibility. And a lot of people thought if the Mueller report had gone the other way, very much could have well could have happened. And in fact, our own president threatened violence, um, said that people on his side, are the, they're the ones with the guns. They're the yeah. ones with, you know... And so... Uh, Robert Evans is putting out a podcast basically talking about how there very well could be a second civil war in this country and what yeah. that would look like and how that would come about. And I, I would be fascinated to listen to yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to listen to it because he's very smart. He has an incredible wealth of knowledge as far as, like, other civilizations and yeah. the history around the world and, like, history repeats itself. It repeats itself it over and over again. So for that, it becomes a difficult thing for me because the problem is it's people on the left always trying to find common ground. Right? right? People on the right aren't going to try and find common right. ground. They're just going to push farther. So what happens is, all that happens is they end up pulling us further center yeah. or further right because we're Which, trying to find common ground. Right. Well, I think there's definitely, you know, I don't want to use the term common ground because that could eventually make us further and further right. But I believe that that shows a lot of our integrity. Absolutely, it does. To be able to want, and, and empathy. To I, be able to want to see both sides of a story, not it's, necessarily when it comes to the white supremacists and things like no, that. No, no, sure. But it's I feel just, like you and I, especially because I know you and I, we want this to be a United States. Absolutely. Absolutely we do. And it's but, showing that, know, that we that we care about what's going on. I, I agree completely. It's just like, it becomes a difficult thing because... But we shouldn't give in. Because the problem is, us having this, when they go low, we go high mentality, is great yep. from a, you know, philosophical standpoint. Exactly. It's great. But in reality... Like, you know, uh, again, I was listening to Danny's like, guys, God, iHeartMedia, just pick us up already because I'm promoting all of your podcasts uh, right for now. For real. Um, but I was listening to them and they were talking about Game of Thrones. Jack O'Brien was talking about Game of Thrones and he was talking about how uh, it's great to show, it's a great example of like, yeah, no, this is how history is. You're frustrated because it's all the shitty people winning. Yeah. And like taking power and it, it frustrates you. But you know what? That's what history is 
is. So know, when I you have this, but low. it's not true. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, but I don't want to go low. Like, I, I I understand that. It's but, hard for me. Like I I have Republican family. You do too. I have these people who are not necessarily Trump supporters. But it's hard for me to have such division in my life like no, it's really I, listen a, a i very, fucking agree i know but... you do i know you do and that's why i'm telling it to you and telling it to our listeners because it's something for me especially that like it's frustrating it's like why can we not see that at the end of the day we are all people and that's honestly what our whole podcast is about yeah and it was just i'm sorry that i made it into this whole big conversation but it was something that just really was like nagging at me where it's like I wish that we could get back to a place where it's that, and I don't want to have to go low. I don't want to have to. Right, break but some, other someone down. on the someone on the left is going to have to because know, we can't just, keep being nice. But don't like, you want to be thing. on the right side of history? We can be on the right side of history and still fuck people up. Like that seriously, is true. I mean that's the truth. I mean you have people like AOC and her whole. Um, she was talking. Uh, and actually, it's gone viral. I'll try and find it. I think I saved it on Facebook. But she was talking about a uh, climate crisis. She was talking about the yeah. Green New Deal. Oh, I and, love that video. And it's amazing because they tried to make it into this uh, a coastal elitist issue. And she's like, yeah. it's not a fucking elitist. I love... Sometimes you have to get that way. Sometimes yeah. you have to tell them they're being fucking stupid. Yeah. This isn't an elitist issue because guess what? When the environment fucking comes for you, it's not going to skip over your house just yeah. because you're in a certain zip code. That's like true. it's coming for everyone and it's coming for low income people and high income people and like so for me, I think we need more of that. We need more people who are just, like, no-nonsense going to be like, I'm not going to try and meet you in the middle. And that's kind of why um, it's that's kind of... so hard for me to it, accept, it's, but it's I know hard, that but it's hard, but right. it is what it is. It's why I, as much as, you know, he might have a spotty record, but he was likable during the Obama era, it's why I don't want fucking Joe Biden to be the next president. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't need another person who's going to veer towards the center yeah. in order to try and make everybody happy. We need to pull everything left <laughs> we need to pull agree. everything left well we have to um, counteract and I, I think uh, you know i think it's a lot of the way that i was raised where i was raised in a very um beatles centric 70s flower beads love happiness kind of i'm a world. pisces in my world <laughs> if everything could be just like peace love and harmony i would fucking love did you know it. that on every buzzfeed quiz they think i'm a pisces Oh yeah, well it's really it's but fucking, I'm a cancer and I'm one hundred percent a cancer. Peace, love and harmony, man. And you know? I'm it's and that's what's so hard for me because I, I logically understand that and I know it, but um I I just have a People very, suck, Madigan. I know they do. I know, but I'm just... It's hard for me to swallow. Like, I understand it logically, and I agree with it logically, but then there's that internal part of me that's like, fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it just means that you need to work in a different sector, and you need to let other people get their hands dirty. Exactly, and and I think that that's... Okay, I'm not not a politician. No, I'm not either. I don't want that job. I can can want peace, love, flowers, happiness. I'll leave that to the AOCs, you know what I mean? They can handle that shit. We're going to leave it to you. Should we move on? Uh, Yes, but anyway... Because we're like halfway through. But anyway, (laughs) yes, Mueller Report, it hasn't come out fully yet. We will talk about it more when the entire report is released, and we have more details about what's going on. Needless to say, the right is taking this is a huge victory. Yeah, um, and for real. to everybody on the left, fucking just hang in there and don't take this as a complete defeat. No. Instead, start looking at the shit that actually matters for exactly. campaigning going forward. Keep going. There's so many you other have things. To keep, and I and that's the one thing that I admire about the left is that 
we can get beat down so many times, yet we will always look for something that is going to be positive in the future. Right. Where I feel like a Don't lot of the times the this. far right will linger <clears throat> so much on the present and the past. Right. So that's something, you know, keep going, you guys. Yeah. We're going to get through it. So I want to talk about Jesse Smollett. Oh, again. I have. That's that's my other thing in my notes. Okay. So it's kind of the same thing. It is. His record was fucking wiped free of any criminal charges. Yeah. So the city... But if you think that means he's innocent, you're fucking wrong. The justice system is really corrupt. Yeah, the justice system is bullshit. Watch any true crime documentary. Welcome to Earth. Yeah, right. So the Chicago mayor, Rahm Emanuel, made the rounds on the national media Wednesday, blasting what he said was an abomination of justice where celebrities receive different treatment than average citizens. Have you ever heard this before? Oh my god, what? Right? So I had this conversation with Anthony whenever we found this out, and I had read some articles, because at first you hear that, and you're like, oh, were we all wrong? Mm -hmm. And then I read an article, and I'm like, I'm kind of fucking confused. No, I never thought we were wrong. Um, I'm like, I'm confused. So it sounds like he's still guilty, but they wiped his slate. And so I was talking to Anthony about how, like, of course, if you listen to this podcast, I don't think it, it goes without saying that, of course, race and sexuality plays a, a factor, a yes. negative one, yeah. oftentimes, if you're a person of color and um, part of the LGBTQ community, it yeah. plays a negative factor in sentencing or arrest rates and all of those things. However, the thing that's always going to talk more than any fucking thing else is money. If money. you have money, if you're part of a higher or, class and influence... I was going to say, or like influence celebrity, yes. things like that. Um, so I, yeah, I, and that was something that was really hard for us when we figured out that he was lying, you know, because we stood behind him 100%, and um, especially because of his um, being an advocate for the LGBTQ plus community and being a black actor and everything like that, we had a certain, uh, we were rooting for him. You know, that's yeah. the whole that's the whole video. We were we all was, rooting for you. We were rooting for you. So, um, first assistant Cook County State's Attorney Joseph. It looks like it says maggots, but it's maggots. Maybe I have no idea how it. M a g a t s told the New York Times the decision to drop the charges was appropriate because of the nature of the offense of which Smollett was accused. He says that public safety is the number one concern, and Smollett is not seen as a threat to public safety. Okay, but you know what? Tell that to all the people who are in jail for nonviolent, like, drug offenses and other offenses. Like, bullshit. I don't believe you. Like, I just don't believe you. I think it's complete bullshit. I think it's 100%... It's 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 what are you what are you describing as being public safety? Because what I see is that he blamed other people for this thing that he conjured up in his mind, had them arrested. To well, me, that's a threat of public safety. And a lot of detectives and members of the police force in Chicago are fucking pissed because yeah. they're like, we spent. In fact, I think that they are trying to get um, something like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars from him right now. Yeah, because they're like, you. This is how much you took time because- and money. Exactly. And it shows you how pissed off they are that this guy is getting away with this, which would tell you that he's guilty because he's doing the same thing. Trunk, Trump, Trump. He's doing <laughs> the same thing that um, Trump is doing where he's saying, like, I'm exonerated. See, I told you all I was innocent. And it's like that nothing mean you're innocent. about this is saying that you're exonerated. What it's saying is that there you wasn't had evidence. in. Well, and it's not even that. Because his record's sealed, so we can't even see it. It's not that there wasn't evidence, and actually, no one's even saying that there wasn't evidence. What they're saying is that um, it wasn't worth it for them to prosecute it. They were like, 
In fact, I think I have a quote here. Hold on. This was from Fox, who was the... Gosh, I can't remember. I think she was a prosecutor or state's attorney. But she said that if he's found guilty on a class four felony, the likelihood was he was going to get some type of perhaps restitution, community service, not prison. And so if we can get to the same outcomes, if we can get to the same measures of justice without going through the court processes, we do that. So what they're saying is he's saving time and money. He's guilty of sin, but they didn't want to take him to court because if they could do it without taking him to court and get the same outcome, they would exactly. do that. But it pisses me off because of the way that he's playing this. Is because he's come out, out and his attorneys have come out and been like, we said he was innocent all along. And there are going to be people who all they read is the headline, yep. charges dropped against Jesse Smollett. Yep. And they're going to say, see, I told you guys he yep. was innocent. And he's not. No. He's and he not. shouldn't ever work in this fucking town again. He shouldn't. And I, I, and I honestly don't think he will. And I hope he does not. I hope he doesn't. So Van Cleve, who's a criminal justice professor in Uh, and Chicago native says, it's almost like we need to take a step back and not worry about the guilt or innocence of this actor. But we have to think about, this is kind of a normal thing that might happen in the city of Chicago that prosecutors often use discretion to drop charges, especially small charges like this. And I think that because it was in Chicago, it is a very poignant issue because there are a lot of... um, crimes that happen that are pushed aside and there are a lot of people who are pushed aside who are victims of these crimes because of being in Chicago and I believe that he was practicing his privilege as being a an actor and being on a TV show and coming from a family of influence from what I've heard um I don't know who Fox is I should have written that down but she has some kind of relationship with his family. Yeah. Because his family is a pretty prominent family that's been Mm -hmm. around for a while. And she actually ended up recusing herself. Yeah. But the rest of her office did not. Yeah. So that whole thing was tainted. And then the amount of money that Empire brings to the city of Chicago because it's filmed there, like, all of these things played this factor in... He did a terrible, terrible thing. And it it really is. It's more than just him and the terrible thing that he did, but it really is about the city and what it represents. And I think that's something that people really have to focus on is that it's not about one case, one person, one time. It's about all of the people who slip through the cracks in the criminal justice system, especially in places like Chicago um, and and in the Cook County. Well, and it's about what we talked about every time we've talked about this fucking case, which is that if you lie in a situation like this he has done irreparable damage to i just can't believe he was so stupid to do this he's done irreparable damage to victims everywhere yeah and he will have no real consequences and now and now people will have a finger to point to whenever a victim comes forward and that pisses me off like he should he should face jail time for this and i'm mad that he's not i am this is bullshit i mean i say that but you you guys all know that i'm team fucking don't crowd our jails with unnecessary exactly. people. But, like, but, you, but you know what I'm but saying. But you understand he the should intent be behind it. Yeah. He should be punished. Yeah. He shouldn't he be shouldn't able to be just let go, go home. Yeah. Like, it's fucked up. Because then it's it's showing other other people and it's showing him that he got away with what Yeah, it, it makes me very mad. And I agree. I, like, anytime I hear somebody be like, see, the charges were dropped, I'm gonna be like, we need to have a fucking conversation. Exactly. Not today. Clearly, not on my watch. you have not seen any true 
crime, documentaries, yeah. whatever. Seriously. Should we talk about Shrill real quick before we read an email? I did love Shrill. How much did you love Shrill? I enjoyed it very why much. Why is it called Shrill? Um, actually, the reason why I wanted to watch it is because I was a longtime Jezebel reader for years and years. I've you got been, me into Jezebel. I've been reading Jezebel for like six years. And I used to be, before they went to a different system where their comments were super moderated, yeah. I used to um, comment a lot in the yeah. comment boards on Jezebel. And Shrill was a memoir or something like that that was written by a writer from Jezebel that I used to read all the time, Lindy West. Was it really? Mm-hmm. She wrote a, a Shrill, yeah. And she used to write just great articles on Jezebel. I love that because the per- the character exactly. is, is a writer. Yeah, exactly. I loved this show. And so, you guys, if you haven't listened already, we did an episode with um, the Boobies and Newbies podcast. And we read a book called Making Sense where we talk a lot about body positivity and how um, different, like, how plus-size women are portrayed in the media. Right. And how a lot of times it is a uh, defining factor of the character or the defining factor of a story. And I felt that this story, while... We discussed a lot of her body image issues and a lot of her feelings about being a plus-size woman. I never really felt like her whole identity was surrounded. What what I thought was cool about it is that while they talk a lot about her size and how it's a difficult thing, in every episode they bring up a lot of things that are like, what's difficult about being plus-size? active and powerful. But that's exactly it. They also show her as being multidimensional and um, desirable and fashion-forward and smart and interesting. And wanting to push those boundaries of herself. How much did you love the pool party episode? Uh, the pool party episode is the best. So that's she shows up in four. jeans, yeah. and she and and she ends up taking her clothes off and jumping in the pool, and it's this beautiful montage of her swimming in the pool and just finally feeling free. And it's beautifully missing. Done. What was it called? The forced fun. The forced fun work. activity of biking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and her like fat shaming boss and things like that. But I love that like. She's got guys going after her. It's showing like she is just she is just as desirable as the typical ingenue that we right, see. Right, absolutely. And it's normalizing this thing where what we talked about is that either um, a plus size woman is either just the best friend or fetishized. Right, and they do a good job of making her real well rounded. They meld person. that. Yeah, she is a best friend. She is sexual. She is hardworking. She's a person. Yeah. She's a daughter. And I love... all of these other things. She's got a father who's sick. Mm -hmm. She's got these relationships that are messed up. Her best friend's a lesbian who sleeps around with a lot of girls. You know, it's just kind of like this normal story. And I like... Hear that they had to custom make all of her fucking clothes? Yes. Isn't that upsetting? It's upsetting, but also it's like... Thank God there are those designers out there who are like, I'm going to do this shit. And I you're going to see how amazing it, it can make it this It is amazing, look. but it's just like, she shouldn't have had to do that. No. Like, there should have been cute clothes available for a woman 80 Bryant size. I'm That's sorry. ridiculous. Be- you do not have to shop at a frumpy store because you're above a certain yeah, size. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's complete bullshit. But I mean, her clothes were like stellar slamming stunning yeah, yeah oh my god i want to be that girl like i want to be yeah her, her sequin dress that she wears to that one party <gasps> what about the amazing. vintage dress seat she gets and her yeah. roommate is like you look cute in this yeah. oh my god that so was cute. my favorite i so love that and i just i had to mention it because i loved this show i so need much. them to bring it back because seven episodes felt very incomplete it was to me. 
I could not believe that was the end of the season. I was like, um, excuse me. Is this thing on? Um, hello. So, um, we want it. We want all of it. Yeah. I want to see a million more episodes of this show. Me this too. feels like girls non-problematic. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, the scene where she is, like, I hate Ryan, the guy that she's, like, after in Agreed. that show. But, well, like, he has scene... his moments. No, I hate him. <laughs> okay. I hate him. But the scene where she is, like, having sex with him, where she's, like, getting naked and everything, I'm like, this is hot. This is what I want to see. This is amazing. Yeah, agreed. And I just, ugh, I love this show. I need to see more of it, so I wanted to discuss it with agreed. you Agreed. Let me know if you guys have seen it, and if you haven't, go watch it, and then tell me yeah, what you think about Hulu, it. Yeah, it's on Hulu, so if you have Hulu, go watch it. If you don't have Hulu, steal somebody's password. Exactly. <laughs> Message me, I'll give you my password. It's fine. Let's do it. It's She's had a so few drinks. Good. So maybe I've, don't take her up on it. I've had a lot of drinks tonight. And I'm eating cake. So thank you to Haley Ram and the Ram family for this cake that I've been eating all night. It is great. Should we read some listener emails? Yes, please. Okay, so we got an email. So after our, I think it was our Crazy Woman mm-hmm. episode, yeah. we asked our male listeners to reach out to us if they, ha- if they, you know, listened. Because <laughs> we yeah. wanted to know if we had male listeners. And so we did get an email from a male listener. And he said, Dear Keegan and Madigan, I was listening to episode 61, This is Crazy, and you asked for male listeners to write to you, so I wanted to follow up on that request. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> My name is Alex, age 28, from Tampa, Florida. I feel like I'm the host of, like, a dating show. This is <laughs> Alex, age 28, from Tampa, from Florida. From Tampa, Florida. His he... interests include pina coladas and walks in the rain. Okay, so. <laughs> Alex, we know you. <laughs> One of my friends suggested that I listen to your podcast last year. And what friend? I need to know more. Was it a girl? Was it a guy? Like, what? what is this person like? Tell me more. And since then, I've been hooked. I appreciate how much preparation you both do for your episodes oh and that you are able to explain each topic in a very objective, thoughtful, and entertaining manner. Thank you so much. I especially empathize with you, Keegan, as I come from a very conservative evangelical upbringing, and it wasn't even until I was 24 that I really started to actually make the effort to understand feminism and what it means to be an ally. I want to know how. Like, I want to know how that, that happened. Story. I want to know why at 24 and, like, what happened. So yeah. I have cake in my mouth. Like, how that happened for him. Yeah, me too. So let us know. But uh, he said, that said, Madigan, you are super awesome too. I know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I am still striving to be the best ally I can, and your podcast has been a fantastic tool to help in that effort. I suggest your podcast to all my friends who I know have an interest in learning more about history, feminism, or current events. <laughs> I've even suggested it to a couple of my buddies from the Marines. Hey. I mean, what? That's like, awesome. When I read that, I was like, yes. That's awesome. Not sure if they have listened, but I did my best. You did great. That's all we ask. Like, you're doing amazing, honey. I love it. Thank you both so much for what you do, and I'm excited to hear much more from you in the future. Keep making great content and rage on, Alex. Alex, I read this email when I was picking up the boy I take care of from school. And I literally almost started ugly crying in my car. Really? Yes. Have we ever had a male listener write in? Yeah. We had a couple male listeners write in for a coming out episode. Yeah, but but I mean, never for just, hey, I enjoy your podcast. Yes. I don't think we've ever had a male listener write in for that. So touching and beautiful because I have those, those men in my life who listen to the show or 
uh, connect with me on that level. It's different and it's when it's someone you know, though. It is. And so t- for me to hear that from somebody and to say that they talk to their Marine buddies about it and tell their other friends, there was something just so eye-openingly beautiful about that that I was like, oh my God, like you actually are such a beautiful ally. And I responded right away because I was so unbelievably moved by your message, Alex. Um, it makes me so happy to think that there are people who aren't, who can't always directly identify with the female experience who listen to our show and hear us, like actually hear and us get and get something out of it, which is really cool. And get something out yeah. of it. Yeah, it's really cool. Like that's, that's something to me that I will never, ever take for granted. And I was so moved by your message, Alex. I want to hear more about what brought you to feminism, what opened your mind, what kind of life you live. Like, that's something that I love about our listeners is that we get to hear so much about their lives and we get to understand different ways of living. And um, I just want to hear more. So, you guys, if there are more male listeners or even female listeners who want to share their stories about how they found feminism. I would absolutely love to, and maybe we can try and do this, I would love to do an entire episode just talking about how people came to feminism because each, each story is different and unique. And Let's, um, let's plan a day that we want yeah, to do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Send because, in their messages. Because I think male, female, however you were raised, liberal, conservative, um, in whatever household you were raised in, I do feel like even if you were raised in a family that believes in feminism, it's still a personal journey that you have to get to on your own. Exactly. And um, And I want to hear about the people. Like I said, I was raised in a family that was very hippy-dippy, things like that. I, I, it still took me a while to exactly. associate with exactly. that label. And I feel like people our age, that's going to be the story a lot because feminism meant something different when we were growing up. Exactly. And um, we had to kind of come to terms with it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I yeah. really, uh, we really, really want to hear from you guys. And I think that that just shows, especially how much we really, really are moved by your messages that you send us and your stories and asking for advice or wanting our opinions. It's something that I think is so beyond what we grasped in the beginning yeah. of um, thinking that the way that we think could somehow influence other people's lives in some way. So thank you so much, Alex. And thank you to everybody, really, who sends us messages. It makes it makes our day more than anything else, really. Like, it touches us really deeply. So Absolutely. If you have any of those messages to send us, feel free to send us an email at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also direct message us and follow us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Twitter, which is at Yamf Podcast, Y-A-N-F Podcast. We have a Facebook group and business page. You can connect with your fellow feminists on the group, and you can leave us a review on the business page, which would be swell. And you know what? You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which makes us very happy. Um, listen to us on Radio Public. We haven't really talked about that in a while, but that's just a kind of a small way to support us. It's free for you. It helps us in a very small monetary way for us. And we really, really appreciate getting those emails. Same, you guys are listening to us there. So if you're listening to us elsewhere, scoot on over to that app. That app's um, great, too. I've listened on that app several oh, it's times, great. and it's a great app. No, yeah. they're really wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did I forget anything? I don't think so. All right, you guys. With all that being said, thank you for listening, and we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.